This episode is going to be a little different. I'm going to be talking about very sensitive topics involving suicide, mental health, depression, and severe mental disorders. If that's not for you, then I would advise skipping this episode. But if you do want to hear about mental health for hackers and investigators and really anybody in the tech industry, then stick around. Because this episode's going to be going very deep into it. I'm going to be telling stories from first-hand experiences and stories from people I even know. Now, I have to give some disclaimer here. Some of the stories I will be telling, I will have to leave out certain details for the privacy of the people who were involved. Um, but if you want to stick around and listen to the whole episode, then stay tuned. Because this is the Cyber Sector 7 Podcast, and I'm your host, Kyle Reese. And on this episode, we're talking about mental health for hackers. Thanks, and keep listening. Today's episode, I am drinking a Barks root beer. Again, yeah, it's kind of a staple here. Uh, It's kind of everything we always have, because that is my wife's favorite root beer, and I have just grown accustomed to it. Um, But today's episode is a little bit different, and I do have to give a bit of a disclaimer while I am telling you and talking to you about this episode. Before I go into anything, um, as you already know, I am talking about mental health. It can be a bit of a sensitive topic. If you or a loved one is dealing with depression or even suicidal thoughts or tendencies, please reach out and call the suicide hotline. I will leave the number for it in the description of this podcast, but if you are outside of the U.S., please look it up wherever you are and call that number. Thank you, and I really hope you do the right thing and reach out. We are here, and we are here to help you. Um, also, disclaimer, I am not a licensed psychiatrist, therapist, or any of the sort. All of the things I am about to talk about are from my own experiences and research. Also, I will not have a news section. I did not see it to be a good fit for an episode like this, so I'm also not talking about the news again. I know I keep telling you guys that I am going to get back to that, and I promise you I am going to get back to that, but there are serious things that need to be attempted, and I wouldn't even say attempted, but things that need to be talked about in the hacker culture, in the hacker community, and that is mental health for hackers. I also want to add that if you are really struggling with some things, especially in the hacker field and with a hacker's mindset, you can reach out to me. I Now, like I said, I'm not a licensed therapist or anything of the sort, but if you'd like to reach out and just talk... I am here to listen, and I do want to give you my hand. You can reach me via the email below, or you can reach me in, on any social media platform. I, I really do want to be here to help any of you that I can. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and get to talking about this. I, I kind of wrote this out on as, as a bit of an essay, and I did, however, or I I haven't yet, but I am planning on posting it on my website for any of you that do want to listen to it at some point, or not listen to it, if you want to read it at any point. You can find it on my website sometime after this episode. It'll probably be posted, I assume, by Wednesday, and it'll be in the blogs section. I'm also going to share a link to that on Twitter, 
So if you follow my Twitter, you're more than welcome to find it there. <clears throat> Mental health is an important factor for everyone, every career choice and hobby. But for hackers, it could be a very difficult thing to grasp. From my own standpoint, being an OSINT investigator for years, I will give you some examples and ways I have dealt with the stress of the cyber world and hopefully show you that you're not alone in this. Cyber stress, as I will call it, can be a very difficult thing to overcome and even harder to talk to anyone about, as it truly can make you feel alone. So what is cyber stress? Well, cyber stress can stem from a variety of events and reasons both related to the online world and in the real world. But as a summary, it is stress or mental problems or mental health issues that can come to you via being online and being in this hacker's world or investigator's world and seeing things that you may have wished you never saw or maybe being threatened in ways you never would have imagined you were to be threatened. The symptoms that I have personally found can include, but are not limited to, PTSD, or post-traumatic stress disorder, DIDS, dissociative identity disorder, depression, loneliness, bipolar disorder, night terrors, nightmares, restlessness, and paranoia, and even extreme nervousness. Personally, I have experienced quite a few of these myself, given some circumstances and stories I will get into later. There could be a lot that can cause these symptoms in an online jungle, especially when you're exploring the web, the web from a hacker's standpoint. A great example I can use from my own life is when I discovered a teacher at a local school was involved in a dark web, dark web ring of online predators sharing illegal content. This messed with my head for a very long time and sent me into a spiral of depression mixed with heavy drinking and flashbacks. Even today, I am not fully recovered, and I do not think I ever could be after seeing the things I had to witness to bring this person to, just, to justice. Deep down, I know I did the right thing. However, at what cost? If the cost was the sacrifice of my own mental health, was my decision really valid? Those were the kind of questions that were running through my head for months. After the case was done, and the federal government became involved and took it over, I took no break. I just kept working harder and harder to try and forget about what had happened. Drink it away, per se. This is something I see all too often in the hacking community. Something traumatizing happens, and we just keep going about our lives to try and forget about the events, or that they even took place to begin with. Some people call it it's just another Thursday when you're used to that kind of thing happening to you all the time. In your mind, it may just be another Thursday. But deep down inside, it's the things we think about when we rest our heads at night and hold our wives or our husbands when we go to sleep. It often makes me think of the movie Men in Black when Agent J freaks out in the streets and says, Man, we ain't got no time for this cover-up BS. I don't know whether or not you've forgotten, but there's an Archillian battlecruiser that's about to... Then Agent K responds and interrupts Agent J as he is attempting to finish his exclamation. There's always an Archillian battlecruiser or a Corillian death ray or an intergalactic plague that is about to wipe out all life on this miserable little planet. The only way these people can get on with their happy lives is they do not know about it. Those were the kinds of dialogue that were playing through my head in an event like this, and I know for a lot of you, it perhaps plays through your head as well. 
This piece of dialogue perfectly shows how the hacker mind can work. Oftentimes, at least for white hats, we have to keep quiet about what we know. We know that usually one only one of three things comes out of telling the world what we've discovered or what we know. Lawsuits, angry corporations or governments, and people accusing us of being crazy, lunatic, conspiracy theorists. Even, though, even if we know for a 100% fact that we have solid evidence on a vital issue, the fear of the big three usually keeps us from ever showing the truth to the world. Not only was it the big three that kept me from exposing what I had witnessed and discovered, from exposing to the media, and I'm bringing this to immediate mass attention, but the thought of all the parents and the locals who would be consistently living in fear for their own children to attend what is supposed to be a safe place. I believe that the parents do have a right to know, but at what point would, air quote, whistleblowing become an information hazard? Another great example or story is how I almost blew my OPSEC. Now, this was a long time ago, but I was hot under an investigation, attempting to bring a man wanted for capital murder to justice. I was solo, freelance, and completely on my own. Until I had located him, I was on my own. I had no one on my side, not police, nor federal agents, nor friends. I was just trying to find him and get my reward. I had found his alternative online secret Facebook account, so I added him with one of my sock puppet accounts. Uh, it was a, um, we'll say it, a very promiscuous worker account. <clears throat> and I added him with the account, and I knew it could be risky, but I went ahead and tried to social engineer him, social engineer him into letting me know, aka the sock puppet, if I could come over and have a good time. He ended up giving me his address. I sent the information to the police, but unfortunately, the man got away. I was scared, and I knew that he knew I was the reason the police came after him. He messaged my account with threats. I went dark and deleted the account. I was terrified, paranoid, and restless for months. He was eventually found and sentenced to spend the rest of his life in federal prison for numerous crimes, so I know now that I am safe. In the moment, however, I was carrying more fear that I had blown my OPSEC. I went back and made sure that I had no holes in my OPSEC, but nonetheless, swayed heavy on my mind for a long time. My final story is not my own, but one of a close friend. I learned most of my computer skills with a great friend when we were young. We gradually grew apart as we became older, but we always tried to stay in touch. He eventually got caught up in the piracy scene, and at one time he was holding the largest collection of movies, music, and games, and software that I had ever seen at that point. He was torrenting and seeding all of it, and eventually caught up to him. He got a letter in his mail from an unnamed media company, a media company that I'm not going to name on here. Um, it, it, they were pretty upset, and they were threatening to sue him, and they did take the lawsuits very seriously. Then, he got a letter from his ISP, so he kept dodging them, changing his ISP, trying to harden his, security, harden his security, but they always seemed to catch up to him. He knew his cover was gone. He was arrested, and he eventually made bail. They found him dead in his room, and it was... It was... <clears throat> it was a self-inflicted overdose. He will be missed, and I do not know all the facts of this story, as the family would like to keep their privacy. 
It was clear that he was dealing with severe mental issues, and the cyber stress led to the final push in his life to do the unthinkable. These stories can all show things that can easily push and lead to severe mental issues. Some things that I have found that you can do is to get therapy. It's the best thing I've found to do is to get therapy and talk to somebody. See a doctor if you can. But if that's not an option for you, there's a few things that I've done in the past that have helped me. The first thing I do is have preventative measures and backup plans to save me from the inevitable headache. For example, I like to use virtual machines, routed through proxies and VPNs to run my investigations in or my hacks. So if something does go wrong, I can destroy the machine and the heartache is over. I also use sock puppets and aged accounts so they do look real when I'm on social media and conducting sock mint. When I feel like the work is getting too much and causing too much stress, I like to take a weekend off from technology, turn my phone off, maybe drop everything in a ferret cage or lock it in a safe and give the key to a friend for a few days. Nature has a special way of recharging us and helping us clear our heads. I also like to have a hobby that's outside of tech that I can go to and just relax, forget about all my problems. One a friend told me, and I see can help a lot of you and can even help me, is meditation. It's a great way to focus and clear your head. There are lots of meditation techniques for religious and non-religious people that can really help you. Of course, all of this is going to be different for each person, and I do understand that. The best alternative way I've found to help deal with your stress is to just have a good friend or somebody you can talk to. It is very important to reach out when you are feeling symptoms of bad mental health. I hope this helps somebody. If you truly are feeling the symptoms mentioned, please seek help. You're not alone, and I truly wish to help you in any way I can. Thanks, Kyle.